Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to The Sap. It's your boy Dave Neal, host of the Sex Actually podcast. How are you today? Doing all right? Is everyone doing well? This is episode 348. Can you believe it? We've made it all the way to 348, and you guys have been tuning in. I am so excited to announce that The Sap is charting at number 24 on Apple Podcasts Comedy Interviews chart. Comedy interviews, we are number 24. Don't ask what we are on the other charts. You don't need to know. Um, I finally signed up for this app that shows me how we're charting in different countries. We're big in Jamaica. Did you know that? We have a following in Ghana. I don't know how I know all these things, but hello to Namibia. Good to see you out there in Namibia. Thank you for listening. And uh, who would have thought? Who would have thought your boy from Rhode Island would have made it big in Namibia? Not me. Tell you that. All right, you're going to love this episode. You know what I mean? Sometimes we strip it down. You know, some episodes we have a couple of guests on, it gets loud and rowdy, and then sometimes we just strip it down and get real. I think that's what we're going to do today. This is a get real episode. Tasha and myself um, dive into the next chapter of the book, The Perfection Detox. Some of you guys have bought this book already. Hey, look, they. you know what I mean? Sometimes people wonder, like, oh, are they paying you to say this shit? No, look, we th- this podcast, if you've never listened is about getting real with our communication. It's about shedding the defensive, shedding the ego, and understanding that love is, uh, this is going to be very Marianne Williamson. Is that, our, is that our name, Marianne Williamson? Am I pronouncing that? Marianne Williamson. Uh, you guys you guys following the Democratic debates with Marianne Williamson? She's killing it right now. Of course, she's not going to win, but she is the um, American author, lecturer, and activist. She's written 13 books, including four New York Times bestsellers, one called Advice, How-To, and Miscellaneous. Wait, that's not it. She's 67. Can you imagine that? She does not look 67. I wouldn't peg her for a day over 48. She's 67. That's incredible. Um, anyway, she's, uh, she's, uh, she's, uh, she's, she's in a dem- democratic debate preaching love and preaching getting to the root of our problems. You know, not just taking a pill because you have a bad heart, but it's like, what are you putting into your bodies? Not just food-wise. What are we putting into our bodies food-wise, but what are we consuming with social media? And that's what this episode is about. It's about getting rid of that weight on our shoulders. Sometimes we get real preachy. And again, just so you know, these are, these are our issues we're working on. You guys decide what you need to work on yourself, but I'm telling you my issues. I'm telling you the things that keep me up at night, that make me feel exhausted. And you tell you what, it's not love. Love's not, no one's exhausted because they love something too much. When you do something out of love, time stops. You right, you just you just spend countless hours doing what it is you love to do. It's the negative, it's the low energy things. Those are the things that just suck all the fucking moisture out of our love well. You know what I mean? And what Marianne Williamson's preaching, and you know, and it's good to have this on the debate, is to is talk about like, what's the root of our problem? What's the root of our collective issues? Uh, you know, what's the root of these school shootings? You know what I mean? Like I got a bit that I've been doing. I just brought it back. I always, there's always a random, you know, shooting and I'll bring back a bit, but it's like the bits, obviously a joke. And again, I don't give a shit if people say you shouldn't joke about this stuff because God damn it. What else can we do about it? No one's doing anything, you know, legislatively to change any of our laws. So I I think I have the right to joke around about it. But the whole, the whole joke is, is that the way to cure, uh, you know, some of our issues with school shooting is, uh, these guys, these school shooters need better haircuts. That's that's the root of it all is that they have shitty bang haircuts. If you're listening to this and you got a shitty haircut, put the gun down, Stephen. Pull the hair back. You know, put some sunlight under those eyes. And it, and the idea isn't that 
uh, that you'll cure everything with a decent haircut. The idea is people that take care of themselves, people that have a good support system, people that have a dad who loves them and a mom that loves them and believes in them, they don't shoot up schools. It's the kids we forgot about. Okay, it's these forgotten people. Obviously, they've got psychological issues, but they're they're helpless. They're desperate. And Marion Williamson, you know, what she's she's like, we need to fucking fix these people so that they don't become, you know, the monsters of society. And what we try to do, and, and you know, I'm relating school shooting to this podcast, but what we try to do on the podcast is say, look, we we all want love. We all want happy relationships. We need to get out of our own way with all the negativity we feel, all the limitations we've set on ourselves. Like we're just, you know, the older we get, the, we call it baggage. We put the weight on our shoulders, the psychological, just, you know, the, the debt that we have, whether it's monetary debt or whether it's, it's just this lack of something that we have on the inside that makes us show people our ugliness, so we need to just strip it down, strip away the paint down to the bare wood. We need to get back to that. And so whenever you want to be the best version of yourself for others, what we have to realize is that we have to be the best version of ourselves for us. So we talk about that a little bit in this episode, and that was my roundabout way to mention it, is that we need to talk about dating ourselves before we can be an attractive member of society for others. This is important for job interviews, for uh, looking in a relationship or friends. It's like if you, in a, like take an honest, take an honest second to think about this. If you have a bunch of friends that you think are shitty to you, you're probably shitty to them or to yourself. Like I've, I, I run into that. I run into friends where I'm like, why is this guy like so selfish? Why is this guy not giving me what I need? And you go, oh, well, maybe I'm not being as self-serving. Um, maybe I'm not be, you know, spreading love. Maybe I'm being needy so that like, I'm getting it in return. You got to look at the law of attraction with everything in life. Okay, it's not just as cookie cutter as like, well, just wish for something and it will arrive. Well, when there's negativity, when you're being ghosted on, when you're attracting the wrong partner or when you're sleeping around, which is totally fine if you want to sleep around. But if you're doing that, expecting to get something else out of the situation, just know that you need to change the root of your problems. So we're so the perfection detox is basically, you know, the grand scheme of things. It's talking about how um, society wants us to be perfect, right? Instagram filters, everything wants us to be perfect. But we need to realize that ain't the world. The world's not perfect. The world's pretty good. So shed the perfection, detox from the perfection, strip away all the layers, whether it's from your family, your friends, your career path, society, strip away all those expectations, and let's start rebuilding. That's what it's all about. Speaking of rebuilding, I've had to rebuild a twenty uh, percent of the clothes in my life because last Monday I decided to go to the laundromat. I found a new laundromat because my my one my my close laundromat shut down, and I don't do laundry in my building. My building only has two washers and dryers. I'm not going up three or four flights of stairs to do eight loads of laundry. I'm bringing it all in the Toyota to the laundromat. So what I did was I did six loads of laundry. Okay. And then I did five loads in the dryer. And this is, or I think that's what happened. I lost a load. I, lo- I, 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 lo- I have a forgotten load. There's a missing load of laundry somewhere. So what happened was I did all my laundry. I brought it back and put a mound of laundry on the bed. I started folding and pulling things away. And then I got to the end of my laundry and I still didn't find this really expensive blanket that I washed and all of our sheets. <laughs> so it turns out uh, all of our sheets, all of our pillowcases, 
all of uh, uh i'm not trying to make you guys feel bad for me and then tasha goes oh maybe you left it in the car where's the extra load where's the final load and i and i just i had that thought on my inside where i knew i was like i lost it and i had to tell her i had to go babe I think I left a load of laundry in the dryer at the laundromat and it was already nighttime by the time this happened. So I went back the next day and I, uh, you know, spoke some broken, broken Spanish to them. We did a little Spanglish conversation. That's what you have to do. Did the best I could. Um, lo siento. I lost my, um, blanket. And, uh, sure enough, I went to the back area to look for it. They had lost and found and it was gone. So that was my roundabout way of donating a very nice white, uh, which was, I double oxy cleaned it too. I wasn't fucking around. Like I let, I left the lid up so it could soak. You know what I mean? I wasn't messing around. That shit was cleaned. Anyway, it's gone. So if you're listening to this and you found it, enjoy, enjoy the blanket. Uh, I hope you get Lyme disease from it. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I, I do not wish any ill on you. I wish you as much love and joy as that blanket brought us. It was really just one of those decorative blankets Tasha makes us buy. There really wasn't much to it. Anyway, it's gone now. And then, but you know what we got today? Uh, they're not an advertiser, but we got metal straws. That's right. We caved. We bought metal straws. I didn't want to have to do this. I didn't want to have to buy a metal straw, but all of the Starbucks around me are now using paper straws. And let me tell you something. If you don't suck up all of your drink in the first three minutes with a paper straw, it ain't coming through. It ca- The cardboard caves in and then that little pierced part on the top of the lid that's supposed to like hold the straw in place that just suffocates the straw like it's like it's bart simpson getting you know strangled you know when you know when like homer would strangle him and then his like tongue would stick out and make a little zigzag that's what the straw is the straw is bart simpson's neck getting strangled and then you're just sucking up nothing that's what paper straws are that's what you did to us environmentalists um anyway i guess we saved a turtle or two i don't know how it works i'm not getting all political with it all i know is i have a metal straw now so it also doubles as a wand so you can hit people with it it's like an expandable little james bond straw um these are real relevant things i feel like i'm just like um filibustering right now we yeah we do have a great episode i might as well just get right into it is there anything else i wanted to cover oh i'll read a good review we got new reviews um here's a problem here's a problem when you when you start getting new followers is that new people follow you but some people that like you're just not their jam they'll just write you a negative review we didn't get any negative reviews but every once in a while we'll get a one star rating so we've got 237 ratings we have what's considered a five star rated podcast out of those 237 ratings we have seven one star ratings three two star one three star and seven four stars and then 219 five stars so it's a five star rated podcast but you know even when you start promoting people sometimes don't even like you when you promote like on reddit or different places so they'll just give you a one star rating without even listening to you so i got seven of those one star ratings so the key is is just to pad as many good ratings as possible to drown out those fucking negative nancys you know what i mean so anyway if you haven't before again about half of our listeners um, listen on the Apple podcast app. It's that little purple icon on your iPhone. If you haven't already, go to it, cl- type in the SAP. You have to type it in in the search option. And then when you see it, you'll see the little ratings and reviews. Just hit five star. You just click at five. And if you want to leave us a custom review, that's even better. I'll read it on the air. I think, you know what we're going to start doing from now on? Here's what I'm going to do from now on for every review that we get, leave a review and we'll send you a postcard. It'll be a nice postcard. We'll send it to you. It's just our way of connecting with you. And, um, Again, if you leave a review, you have to tell me who you are. Send me an Instagram DM or whatever and say, hey, I left your positive review on iTunes. And then once we check
check it out, we'll send you a nice postcard. You know what I mean? It's our way of saying thanks to you guys. Um, the Mimosa Show was amazing. We did the Mimosa Show last Sunday. Boy, I got so fucking drunk. I did. I did not mean to. I just, I popped that, you know what I mean? Like I had overestimated how many mimosas to serve. So we had already served four bottles, which is six liters. They're one and a half liter bottles. So we served four of them. So I was like, all right, I'll pop a fifth one. But everyone was like, no, we're done. So after that fifth bottle was popped, I had to, I ended up pouring half of it out and drank the other half. But that's like a lot of, anyway, I was, if you listen to the, um, the full, episode the full stand-up show on the patreon you'll hear me just get progressively more drunk but i wanted to play for you a second um channing just shitting on me you know past podcast guest channing apodaca he just i mean he laid into me it was the, it was one of the funniest things i've ever had on the mimosa show um, i'm gonna play a clip for a clip of that for you now and then if you do want to listen to the full show it's a 90 minute show uh just go to patreon.com slash the sap and join our community um we really love what we're doing with the money that, that we're raising from the Patreon. We're working with a cartoon artist in Buenos Aires. She's designing a really awesome new cover art for us. Uh, you guys are going to love it. I've already shared it with with the Patreon. I shared the rough draft with it, but it's fucking awesome. So it's really cool how I got connected with her. She's designing that for us. And um, yeah, we're just trying to spend the money to reinvest. And we might even get some, you know, like a PR team, do some publicity for the podcast because it's crazy. I know I'm just sharing some inside baseball with you guys, but it's crazy how much, like if we get a couple new subscribers in a week, we'll jump 400 positions in the charts. Like on, like the our overall position with the podcast charts um, for the comedy category, because comedy has a ton of podcasts, we'll be anywhere from 900 to 1400 on the charts. So it's amazing what a couple new subscription, new, new subscribers will do. It boosts us up the charts. So we literally can jump. You know, my goal is to be top 200 and I don't think we're that far away. I think there's a lot of podcasts that are like us in the top 5% and getting to the top 1%, that's kind of the dogfight. But I'm thinking of doing a publicity stunt. And again, let me know if you guys have any ideas with this, but I'm thinking of going over to Hollywood Boulevard, which is like heavy foot traffic and just like making a chalk outline of a box and standing in it until I get a thousand new subscribers. And I'm thinking about bringing past podcast guests to like join me on the half hour on the hour and they can just come and go like I'll have a sign up sheet and they can come join me and just bark at people, you know, pass out flyers and just try to get because everyone has an iPhone or a smartphone on them. Everyone can join and subscribe at once. And I think the the ratings will show people that they like us. You know, we're not perfect, but we, you know, we're trying the best we can. We, we are who we are and that's not going to change. And I think that if we get enough new subscribers, even in the short term, that that'll bump us to the top 100 of the charts. So I think I think I'm going to do that as an experiment. Like go to Hollywood Boulevard for like an eight for like 18 hours, see how many new subscribers I can get and then and then just see what that does to us on the charts. I think if I get a new I think if I can get a thousand new subscribers, it'll bump us up to the char- up to the top of the charts and that'll show new people us and it'll be kind of like a little bit of a momentum thing. I don't know. Anyway, I'm just rambling. You guys don't care about that, but I think you do. I think I think we kind of like pop the hood on this engine or on the uh, on this uh, truck and show you guys a little bit of what it's like on the backside. It's not just about sharing the uh, the self-help and the love and the motivation and the dating and sex stories. It's also about just showing you guys the climb in the uh, the uh, struggle to get those to acquire some new listeners. And uh, they're out there. They want to listen. I really believe it. And we had a nice uh, review I'll, I'll read later about someone who they want us they want us to become the best relationship podcast out there. What did she say? I'll read I'll just read the beginning of it. Oh geez, I might not be able to find it. 
Anyway, I'll read that. I'll read that at the end. But you know, they want y'all want us to succeed. You all want us to get sponsors and and be that kind of next level. And I appreciate that. Um, and it's coming. And I feel like it's I feel like it's one of those things like the uh, you know cocoon. You know, we're just in the cocoon, like waiting to punch out. And I've been I thought I'd been ready for the last couple of years, but now I'm kind of like, all right, let's fucking punch out of this cocoon and fly the fuck away. Let's do this thing. Anyway, here's a quick clip from the Mimosa stand-up show. Like I said, if you want to listen to the full show in its entirety, uh, which is a ton of fun, you can check that out on the Patreon. It's live now. Every week we have new content on the Patreon. So I'm not doing this thing where I just convince you to sign up and then I ghost you. I'm providing a ton of content so you're gonna love it you're gonna love what we're doing and hopefully be a bigger part of our community we appreciate that and as always if it's just not in your budget i understand the free thing you can do is share us with your friends share us on your instagram stories you know what i mean most podcast apps if you hit the share button or like screen grab it you can post on instagram and other people can check it out tag us in it at the dot sap the dot sap i'm at d neils with a z d n e a l z and of course at tasha courtney tag us in it we'll re we'll re post it for you on your instagram stories anyway here's a quick uh riff of channing just shitting all over me at the mimosa show our next comic doesn't know he's coming on stage i like to put people on the spot he co uh he co-announces the posers show with me we started a new show called posers where we go all around los angeles uh with our play-by-play gear and we go up to chicks taking photos for instagram and we do play-by-play commentary that's what we do there's no consent involved you're gonna love this guy <laughs> give it up for cheney apodaca everybody come on Yes, keep it going for Dave Neal plugging a show for which we have one episode. Please go watch our four minutes of material available only on where? Instagram. That's right, yeah. Um, yeah, secret. I was actually supposed to host this show, but Dave overbooked it and therefore had to host it himself so that he could do time. Um, <laughs> And so I didn't know I was going up, and that's because Dave is what we in the comedy business call a bad producer. Uh, no, he's uh, so funny. The funniest part about Channing making fun of me is that with the part I didn't air, and if you listen to the Patreon, you'll hear it, is that the rest of his set didn't really go that well. Like, they, like the audience, including myself, wanted him to shit on me so hard that when he transitioned into other material, it did not go that well. It's really funny. It's really funny, the dynamic of, like, what it takes, like, to tell a joke on stage, what works versus what doesn't work. Later on that night, um, after I, like, recovered from the Mimosa show, I had a show at a really, like, exclusive place in L.A. called the Soho House. It's, like, a private club, valet only, got to dress up. And I and I showed up late, and I got into the show, and the comic on stage was murdering. He He's, like, not a famous comic, but he's big, up and coming, and he does this guitar act where he sings in this, like, really smooth, sexy voice, and the crowd was going nuts for him and he did he did triple the amount of time he did a half hour set and then i had to follow him and i like i said i didn't eat a bag of dicks i ate i I think i talk about it in this episode you'll 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 hear me complain about it but but the thing is it's just it's just funny how like one second you're on top of the world the next second you're back down i mean it's a fucking roller coaster out there uh anyway we want to do a shout out to our sponsor that we met we started this sponsorship last week and uh we're going to keep on going promescent 
Are you guys familiar with Promescent? Have you heard about it so far? It's the Climax Control Spray meant for men. It is a genital desensitizing spray. I've used it, folks. It's just some lidocaine and it's got its own mixture. Like It actually kind of feels kind of luby, which is nice. It kind of feels good on the skin. You spray it on only a couple sprays and then you, you actually rub it on your boner. You know what I mean? And then it actually numbs you up a little bit. But here's the thing. It doesn't numb the sensation of having sex. It just helps you last a little bit longer. I feel like I've used some of those condoms before where they've got like the, where they got the numbing thing in the condom. Like, you know what I mean? I've used those before in college, not knowing what, and I was like, I had already drank 12 beers. I didn't need a, you know what I mean? I didn't need an extra numb dick. This is the right level. You spray on as much as you need. You kind of spray it on like Macaulay Culkin in Home Alone. You get it going in the palm of your hands and slap it onto that dick. Uh, anyway, go to delayspray.com and you'll get a voucher 15% off. And the voucher is SAP15. That's SAP15, delayspray.com. Yeah, this was a uro, urologist. <laughs> urolo, did I say that right? Urologist? Jesus Christ, I can't talk. It's created by urolo, urologists. That's what I got. It. Take two. Created by urologists specifically to help men last longer in bed. Minimal side effects for the ladies. Now, you need to understand that, ladies. If you want to buy this for your guy, a lot of people say, oh my gosh, you would kill a guy's ego. I don't know. If my chick showed up and was like, hey, babe, I got this thing. It's supposed to help us be able to have a little bit longer sex. I think it'd be good. I mean, I don't I don't have any shame, but I know I've beaten the shame out of me, but I, I'm sure a lot of men do, that there's an orgasm gap. Men at climax, on average, five minutes while women take 18 minutes. Women take a little bit longer to climax. That's just the case. So instead of being, you know, you ever have sex and you just feel like you're about to come, so you just randomly were like, hey, let me go down on you. Well, ladies, if a guy just decides to go down on you, it's because he was about to come. And it's like, we don't mind coming quick, but also good sex is good sex. You want the lady to get off. I feel like I didn't worry about this so much when I was younger. You just don't know. You don't know. You just have sex and then you don't, you know, it's good to know. You should ask your partner, hey, did you get off? You know what I mean? I don't know. Anyway, um, uh, this is important to know that you can use it recreationally too. It's not just about people that have like premature ejaculation. Just use it. You know, it's like, it's good to have in your toolbox. If you've got a toolbox of sex toys, lube, I mean, first of all, if you don't go to CVS, go to, go, go buy a little his and her KY jelly, get, you know, get whatever, but also have a little of this promescent. You can spray it on. If you're like, if you're looking for a quickie, boom, maybe you don't need it. But if you're like, oh shit, we got time to kill. We went to the mimosa show. We've had a few cocktails. Let's fucking fuck. Let's go for it. The funny, the funniest part is, is that every time I've used it, I still, I still finished. It's not like, you know, it's not like a noodle dick type of thing. You know what I mean? Anyway, go to the Promescent, uh, delay, go to delayspray.com, 60 day money back guarantee. Hey, it's a bestseller on Amazon. So go there and you can check out the reviews. Discreet shipping, which is funny. I don't want that shipped discreetly. I'd want, if you're shipping it to a lady, I want, you know, yeah, I want that just size 64 font. Like, so I'm going to spray this on myself and we're going to fuck. Anyway, uh, we're so happy to have them as a sponsor. We're going to have them for the next couple months. Promescent, make love longer, Climax Control Spray. Again, delayspray.com and the voucher is for 15% off. Just type in SAP15. That's S-A-P-15. Uh, all right, guys, are you ready to start the show? Here's my chat with Tasha Courtney. I have expectations. I expect a lot out of myself. It's crippling. Everything I do is a failure because my expectations are 
immortal. I have immortal expectations. That makes zero sense the way you that just That doesn't said make that. any sense to have immortal... I have the expectations of an immortal person. I have Superman-level expectations. Mm, I feel like an immortal person would have zero expectations because they know they've got unlimited time. I don't know. If you're immortal and you listen, write in. Let us know. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, do you guys do you like the way I do these intros? I think they're really good. But then when we had Jay Light on, he, he laughed because he was like, wow, you sounded like a real uh, voiceover guy. And I was like, I think he was insulting me. You know, voiceover people get paid a lot. Well, some people like to hit the red button and just like start, and I like that too. But I also, it's the one chance I get to be like, uh, you know, the uh, the boxing announcer. Like, Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the SAP. Okay, that was a little loud for the here. Sex Actually podcast. It's your boy Dave Neal with, as always, Tasha Courtney. Hello, Tasha in the house. This is a duo episode. This is a Tasha and Dave. We call it a Tada episode. Oh boy, are we excited! Uh, for all of our new listeners, you might wonder, "Hey, who are we?" Well, we uh, we uh, we are uh, performers of the creative type in Los Angeles. Tasha's from Kentucky. I'm from the great state of Rhode Island, and uh, we've been together for pushing, uh, I guess, six years now. That makes us close to a decade. <sighs> We've been together for closer to a decade than not a decade. <laughs> Tasha's got, she's going to vomit. And, uh, and we, we interview guests. We talk to them about their sex life, dating life, relationships, really whatever they feel comfortable. When I had that green room episode a couple weeks ago, they were talking about banging chicks when they were 14 and come in and this and that. And that, that's, well, it's uh, part of love, babe. You know, love spots. <laughs> you got to come, little love spot. But, uh, and then some, some people just literally don't feel comfortable doing that. Talk, talking about that talking stuff. about it which is fine because we'll just whatever makes you feel good about yourself we'll talk about your family we'll just pry into your life and we'll pry into ours and uh in today's episode we're going to talk about a new chapter in the book the perfection detox uh if you uh, if you know us you've been listening uh maybe three episodes was it three episodes ago or two a couple weeks ago we started in on the perfection detox and we talked about rumination we talked about ruminating negative thoughts and how your body has thou your mind has thousands of thoughts a day and ninety something like ninety five percent of them I'm making up the exact you number. made it up I think it's in the <laughs> seventy to eighty percent either way range. a high percentage of your thoughts are repetitive thoughts you're thinking about the same thing over and, and over negative thoughts. In negative thoughts. Because that's just the majority of us, the general population, don't have good habits set up um, to make sure that our repetitive thoughts are positive thoughts. So when we think of the perfection detox, we think of stripping away the need to be perfect, stripping away. And again, in society, in today's world, with Instagram and everything just thrown in your face, we're trying to compare ourselves to a perfection we can't exist at no one's walking around looking like the filtered auto-tuned facetime old man app version of themselves you are who you are i got a red nose today i was in the sun too long i got burst capillaries i got a wart on my arm i'm trying to get rid of i got fungus on seven of my ten toes <laughs> i'm painting antifungal sauce on my toes Gross. and trying to step around the dog i'm like a 14 year old chick painting my toenails trying to walk on the ball of my feet you at gotta home. get the toe separators they, they're <laughs> little foam toe separators so you can walk around maybe with the patreon like money I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll really take care of it i knew i needed to get work done to my toes when i got a pedicure and, and the lady goes and again i'm gonna do her accent okay this isn't a standard asian accent this is just what she sounded like she goes this foot good this foot no good this foot is no good and she wouldn't operate on several of my toes 
<laughs> my toes have like fused into the skin. They're all fungied up. I mean, that's what you get. You're I'm an athlete. Athletes get fungus on their toes. Right no, in. you just have poor hygiene habits. All, all you have to do is wash your feet every day and change your socks. It's really that simple. And I don't like that I have to tell you every day like hey did you change your underwear <laughs> did you change your socks like it's getting a little yeasty but in this here. is what i Maybe like change this your is, underwear. I, I got a bit i'm starting to write about this how how in a relationship they say you need to take each other for better or worse it's really for worse you're taking the worst of the other person and you have to deal with it i don't have any i don't have anxiety i don't get stressed out when i'm in when i'm late for work i just i but i have to deal with your anxiety so i have to deal if you're stressed for work I'm stressed because you're stressed. I vicariously have to feel your feelings. And you get some fungus in the bathtub because of me. So it's a little bit of um, equal, Gross. equal. I mean, look, I use the steam room in the sauna. I, the steam room at the gym is just That's thousands why you of wear flip-flops into it. Yeah, I'm just the last of the Mohegan. Are low. you serious? I'm you a, don't wear flip-flops I'm, in the gym showers? I'm a raw dog. That's where all these warts and fungus come from, Dave. I'm a raw dog. And you're it. bringing them home and spreading them around our house. I'm spreading around the mimosa show. Come to the mimosa show. You might get foot fungus. <laughs> you might hang out with me. Get some foot fungus. Can, it, can, it, can foot fungus travel? I mean, it's toenail fungus, really. Yeah. My, the lady who was doing my nails had gloves on at, on one of her hands. And I was either it's because she's in chemicals all day and her poor skin is probably so cracked from all the chemicals, just like dry skin. But she definitely had some fungus going on on one finger. But what you don't understand is like, I do change my underwear. I'm not a fucking savage. I just, you got ball bags smushed into your legs and you're sitting in your car. You're running to an audition. You're doing your side gig all day long. You just got to pull scrotum off of a thigh. But you don't think that girls have to like lift and wash their boobs and like get around down there? Yeah. Like, yeah, everybody has to... A cleanliness is how you avoid <laughs> these problems. I've babe. seen your I've seen your underwear in the bathtub. I've seen what comes out of your body. I understand. <laughs> it's disgusting. <laughs> I, I don't have to pee right after I have sex or I'll get a yeast infection. That's a female thing. I understand. You guys have Yeah, but your own so soup. we just know that stuff is complicated, so we have developed good hygiene habits. Yeah, but you're a little excessive. You wouldn't let me kiss you on the forehead the other day because you didn't want to break out in zits. It's yeah, like, look, if your body reasonable. can't handle affection, then you fucking live in, live in a bubble, bubble boy. <laughs> you can't handle oh, I a dream little foot of a fungus <laughs> and a kiss on the forehead. You got something coming to you. Is that not one of the best movies of all time? Bubble Boy is a classic, and I don't think enough people saw it. I don't think it did well in the box office, like back in the day when it came out. That's got to be like a year 2000 movie, right? Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah, back then they, um, there was a... That was before Jake Gyllenhaal was hot. He's kind of hot now. Listen, we don't need to um, shame people if they weren't attractive before. That's not shaming. That's a compliment. He's hot now. And yes, he was playing a very dweeby character in Bubble Boy, but... He definitely remember, fit the bill of dweeb. I remember the first year back from high school, like you know, after the first year of college, you go back and see your hometown kid people. I remember this chick Vanessa. She goes, "Dave, you got hot," and I'm not saying I am now. I got probably shit in my teeth. I'm covered in warts. <laughs> I've really <laughs> fallen off the cliff here. Uh, happy birthday, Tom Brady! But uh, yeah, she was, and I was like, "What does that mean? What does hot mean? You know what I mean? Is it a confidence? It's it's not just a it's not just an a, well. It probably has to do with perception too. Now you're a college guy." So like you're cool because some of the uh professors like driving a motorcycle and wearing a leather jacket it makes you cool i didn't do either of those things i guess i wasn't cool i don't know i was um i don't know 
is uh is having a dead toenail hot <laughs> is that a hot thing to do <laughs> i add no because it's interesting because guys are always trying to break down like what do you do to get the lady what's the what's the thing what is it what's the confidence thing you know what i mean it's not just you can't just dress all schneebly and dress like a nerd you have to have like you have to have it's like jazz right you got to play within the note range you can't just hit the g chord every time you I don't know where you're going with this, but none of that makes any sense or seems to work with the other. The point is, is that women, you don't have to understand what is hot in a guy. You just need to feel it. And a man has to understand how to make that feeling happen. You don't think that a guy... No, this is exactly guys what we're always fuck. saying. It's the same for guys and girls. When you're feeling yourself, other people see that in you. That's why my advice for girls all the time, single girls who are trying to meet somebody, they're not having luck. It's like the only thing you should be doing is doing you. Going to pottery class, going to dance class, doing whatever you do. When you're doing stuff that's prioritizing you, that makes you feel good, other people see you radiating your happiness and that's attractive to people. And it's the same thing for guys. You just have to do you. Figure out how to be comfortable in your own skin. That was so funny. When it comes with my skin. It's covered in fungus and warts. How can I have any honest? It was funny the other night when we were at the Magic Castle and Sammy, our friend, was talking about how she, was her, her boy, she wasn't looking for a boyfriend and, and she was like, I'm I'm dating me. I and it's such a basic chick thing to say to be like, I'm dating me. And no, the, it's a smart chick thing to say because that's exactly what you need to do. But that's and what that's I'm going to exactly say. That's exactly why time. she was so attractive to him. She stood out in the crowd of her friends. I know. Like I'm. What I'm saying is that I understand sammy she was exuding her hotness because she was believing in herself yes she's just living life for her she's fully in her feminine energy doing her thing and that's super attractive to guys it was like a massive i think it was like a bachelorette party and like a bachelor party like a two separate big groups of people that sounds like a lot of fun just a fucking bunch of penis straws and dildos (laughs) being thrown around that sounds like a blast yeah i know but if you ever catch me jerking off again in the shower i'm just gonna say i'm dating myself i'm dating myself right now tasha i'm I'm just taking care of me i'm feeling my masculine energy i'm throwing one into the fucking drain right now uh so the uh, so the topic of today um did we mention this we we read a few weeks ago the perfection detox uh tame your inner critic live bravely and unleash your joy and then actually we got a message from petra kolber petra kolber she wrote the book and she was so excited she she was like can i be a guest on your podcast we said fuck yeah you can but we're still going to work through this uh, chapter by chapter and some of our listeners actually have taken photos of the book and they've actually uh, ordered it so uh, it's a great book but at the perfection detox it's simple in today's world you got to stop worrying about being perfect done so stop ruminating and we're getting to uh, onto the new chapter so so Stop not ruminating. That's a practice. That's something you have to do every day. I'm still, I'm noticing it. And uh, you are too, Tasha, right? Like you had some some shit going on the other day where you just couldn't get out of your own way. What was it? You were in traffic. You were driving. You were mad because your audition went fine, but it was far out of town and you weren't going to get paid for the travel. You were, you, all of your little limbic system flare ups were happening. You were triggered because you were fucking mad at at a lot of things. And then, (laughs) and then you're talking to me on the phone. And nothing's worse when you're stuck in the car. And so you just can't do anything about it. But you, you know, you've got a lot of stuff that like needs some settling. And you know that like for the next hour and a half, you're just behind the steering wheel in traffic going, you triggered a breakdown in my head. 
I had a breakdown because of you talking about settling for. Oh, because yeah. of me, you're going to put the blame. Yeah, because on me. I couldn't. So you were angry and you're like, babe, I can't hear you. And it was like 50 mile an hour winds on my end. And I had the phone up to my ear. I felt like a weatherman in like Alabama during an earthquake or a hurricane. <laughs> sorry. And I'm just like, I can't. And then I was like, I, and then I, I turned the corner and went into a Starbucks. And then they had that fucking jazz night happening in Starbucks. And I couldn't hear you at all. And I was freaking the fuck out. And then I got off the phone with you. It, it made you even angry about other things. You start bringing up all the things you're angry angry at me about totally fine fair whatever but then i'm like jesus christ i'm and now i'm mad and then and then my sister calls me and all i guess she has 17 children now they all just start yelling in the background and then i have a niece from another stepsister from my stepsister and, and she goes who's that and then the other niece goes it's the uncle we don't know and i'm literally crying i'm, I'm about to cry because i'm like nobody knows me i'm pursuing these dreams i had my side job ah. it's all because you and all and, of then, me? and then I go, Chase, I can't hear you. And I was like, I, I didn't cry, but I got like, I was like, I was like about to have a breakdown. I'm like, and then, uh, and then she goes, you're going to say happy birthday. And I, and then I'm thinking whose birthday is it? I'm doing that thing where I'm like, don't quiz me right now. I don't want to look like an asshole. Whose fucking birthday is it? It was my stepdad's birthday. I didn't call him on his birthday. I'm worried about my side gig and I'm worried about the wind hitting the phone and you couldn't hear me. And it just, it lead and it's all, and again, Why I'm not are you blaming it on I'm me. I'm not blaming that whole thing on you. I'm just saying you hit the domino in my direction and I what and I didn't have the strength to deal with your shit and then my shit happened and then I'm in you know trying to get a Starbucks yeah yeah I apologize for letting my like bad mood be a little contagious sometimes there it you is just want episode 348 Tasha apologize <laughs> that'll be the show everybody we good to know you <laughs> sometimes you just really need to vent and it's unfortunate that a lot of times your person you know your other half is the person that that falls on a lot of times. Like, you know, I'm not going to call my mom and vent about this stuff. She doesn't and I want you to it. be able to come to me. But I all, but I also know, like, when you call me when you're stuck in traffic, I'm now stuck in traffic with you. So it's like, and I again, I do the same thing. I'll call you and I'll be like talking, like I'll be like narrating what I'm doing. And I'm like, now I'm walking through the <laughs> You Starbucks do this all the time. I totally understand. And then I go, oh, I'm sorry, I got to let you go. I'm just, I'm literally, nothing's happening. I'm just k- fill, killing time with you. you, you know, we, we become each other's Spotify, Spotify playlist anyway the point is is that we need to uh actively not just stop ruminating but acknowledge when it's happening put in the work to be above that but also and i think that we've been making an effort and that's first step like first step is recognition right second step is finding a replacement thought i don't know but it can go back to all of the it's like an alcoholic they need you need to know what triggers you to drink right stay out of the liquor store stay out of the bars if you know don't smoke all the different things if you find your triggers you need to stop doing them with ruminating you got to go okay get off instagram when i start feeling like shit okay if i have an off day take care of myself don't just sit you know so many people that probably stew in depression it's like they're either unemployed or they've just you know like i mean i can just imagine somebody even if you had you you know like a trust fund kid this fucking kennedy chick i don't know if she killed herself they haven't said but it's like you know she was a kennedy she was a she was robert kennedy's like niece or whatever sounds like you're just gossiping she just no she died it was in the news she died she died and they don't know what happened but she was struggling with depression and the point is is you can have everything in the world. You can be a Kennedy. If you're a Kennedy in the United States, you've been given everything in the world to succeed. It doesn't build happiness. You need to pursue your goals, live your dreams, express your creativity, absorb your masculine or your feminine. All these things need to happen. You need to get the weight off the shoulders, which is this next chapter. Tasha, tell us about getting the weight off of the shoulders. It's about expectations. It's about how expectations 
can be harmful and can be disruptive in our relationships with others and ourselves and it can also get a, get in the way of us um like pursuing our goals or even just like having a good time day to day like when you're wrapped up in your expectation of how you expect something to go you can't observe what's actually happening right now you can't observe the good things that are going on around it's like you. the audible you know as a quarterback you have to you have to st- make a game plan but the second the defensive does something different check that white 23 blitz throw it down the, and then you throw a touchdown you like that you got was that hot to you tasha yeah, she that got was a, hot. hey white 42 <laughs> we got a blitz on the middle linebacker go long we need a post x slant in the background on three set hut <laughs> yeah exactly it's about being able to roll with the punches when the unexpected happens some you know be okay with things not going as per your expectations but people who are perfectionists tend to over plan everything they tend to want everything to be perfect and so they have this set of expectations about how things are supposed to go and then when things don't go that way they're like freaking out and what and happens what, what happens when you're so rigid what happens when you're so brittle rigid, you look like glass? A- what happens when, when you when you have to alter that a little bit Me personally? No, I'm just saying everything shatters. If you're so rigid in your mindset, if you're so rigid in this, if you're like a glass onion and nothing can change from your game plan, the second something changes, you can't adjust to it. Yeah. You shatter. Yeah. You're not, you You gotta be be a bendy straw. Bendy straw. We don't support (laughs) plastic straws, but. A bendy paper straw is what you need to be. Is that a thing? Bendy paper straw? I don't think Fucking paper straws nothing, bend. Nothing has got me to use the sippy cups at Starbucks quicker than those paper straws. It's literally the worst thing in you the world. You know what? Two days in a row, though, I had a loose-fitting sippy cup lid, and I got matcha on me, and I was not happy about that. These are first world issues we're working with today. <laughs> By the way, big shout-out to Laura for sending us a few bucks on Venmo. Just Is it Laura? Yeah. Laura. Yeah, just randomly sent us a few bucks and said, have a coffee. We had seven. We're in debt now. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Thank you the love. so much, She knows Laura. my love language, coffee. Appreciate it. Um, anyway, so run through some ways to get, how, what do we got to do to get the weight off our shoulders? What do we got to do? All right. So. This is out of control. So this chapter talks about the difference between like healthy goals and harmful expectations. So the way to determine like what is a healthy goal and what is a harmful expectation, there's an acronym for that. So a healthy goal is SMART, S-M-A-R-T. And that stands for specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and time-bound. So this is like a good way to determine, like for people... Um, I have to kind of distinguish between like expectations in um, just like daily life and having fun versus expectations. Yeah, like professional expectations. That's a, yeah, like the podcast. Okay, so healthy goals versus harmful expectations. Harmful expectations would be like you being like, we need to have uh, 250,000 subscribers by the end of the by month. By tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wake up every day and I go... A million subscribers today. Then, like they did, they're like, "Oh fuck, I'm yeah. a failure." No. So the way you can distinguish between a harmful expectation and a healthy goal is smart, specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and time bound. So specific, specific. Take over is the like, world with a podcast. Well, that seems a little broad, babe. It needs to be specific. Okay, specific. So your goal should be specific, and that like. Um, 
I'm trying to reframe it, but I don't want to use up all these things at once. Specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and time bound. So you could say, I want to get five new subscribers on the podcast. That's specific. It is attainable. Um, it's it's realistic. Uh, it's measurable. And it's time bound. If you say, I want to get five new subscribers on the podcast by the end of the week, it's like a baby step. But a lot of times perfectionists can suffer from like... Uh, paralysis because their goal is so lofty their also, expectation is so lofty that like they don't even know where to begin it probably goes with the multi-goal syndrome too where you mm -hmm. we, we have different there's so many different goals that it kind of becomes overwhelming and you get nothing accomplished yeah like if you were just like oh we're gonna turn this podcast into a money-making business and we're gonna be making ten thousand dollars a month on ad sales like that's that's, that's my pitch <laughs> but it's a lofty goal. So you have to break that lofty goal down into like smaller attainable goals. Yeah, you because can't that's swallow how you measure steak. you measure like healthy goals are a good thing because um they keep you looking forward. They get you excited about what's to come. They keep you motivated and you, they allow you to like measure your progress, right? If you're like working towards a big goal, you've got to be able to measure the baby steps along the way. But being solely focused on your end goal, this giant expectation is not going to be healthy for you. Yeah, that's why it's important sometimes for people to have like a three month goal, you know, break it into quarters or like even, you know, like for me this week, I have, I have goals for this week. I have shit I need to get done this week and it, and it and it's like okay well if one day you don't get those or if, if one day you're feeling like shit you just gotta roll with it all right well i'm, I'm gonna get it back tomorrow you know or like gonna... in our personal lives you know i said that i need you to have x y and z done i need i need these things from you and i said but more than that what i need from you is a chart on each of these things that you are going to accomplish and when they are going to be accomplished, right? Didn't I say that yeah, to you? Yeah, but you must get a little cloudy when you have to set goals for someone else. Like you need Yeah, it's super fucking annoying, Dave. I don't want to have to set goals for you. I wish that you would just step up and do it yourself. But honestly, like, I, I, I don't want to be your mom, but you've put me in the position of having to be your mom. Well, I think part of the issue is, because I want you to come off in, in a good light here, and I want to decipher what you're saying, is you don't know what my goals are because they're not on your paper. And I and, and what, ne what well, I need to do... Well, they should be on a paper. Exactly. What I need to do is have tangible goals that make sense in the short term, in the six month, in the three month. And, and, and I'll say... measurable. But since we... Right here in our acronym, measurable. I need to be able to see progress. And it's tough because, you know, you can work when really you're hard. Just trying, when you're on like the 20-year plan of of comedy and screenwriting in Los Angeles that I mean I got to be able to see some progress in yeah, but, between now and December well, uh, on but these I can goals. I can call you out in that you want to see progress but you haven't read my screenplay you haven't asked me to no but just without being defensive no but you haven't asked me to you want to read it tonight no why because I have other things to do. <laughs> okay, there it is, folks. All right, I understand what you're saying. It's it's about and it's one thing when you have goals for yourself and when you apply this to a relationship, which we should definitely talk to Petra about. When you apply it to a relationship, you have to, it's important because if one person's a perfectionist and the other one's not, like let's call you a perfectionist and let's say I'm kind of a gunslinger, like I know what I want to get accomplished, but it's a lot of buffet shit in my head. I get a lot done, but you might not see that because I'm not just knocking off goals. Like if if I had if I had written everything I want to get done on a wall and was 
was like, boom, check, check, check. I get a lot of shit accomplished. I mean, I'm like fucking hauling ass. But big but picture. Is that not important to you? I mean, I can't do anything without a list. Yeah, I honestly can't keep track of no, it but all. That's my point. And is that it I is have very lists. fulfilling to be checking things off a list. But also the beauty of that is that like once you finish all of your like outstanding tasks, it's not like you're ever done. I mean, let's be real. I've never been done with like tasks <laughs> ever. There's always more to do, right? So you keep just chopping down your tasks. Well, anyway, let's move on. We're both guilty of being overwhelmed by all the things we want to get done and then nothing happens. And, and sometimes we'll get mad at each other because we'll just be like, what the fuck? We didn't even get we didn't even get anything done. We could have gone to the beach and done nothing. But instead, we kind of sat here and kind of it's like it's like when we're on Netflix and we like want to watch a movie. And then by the by the time we're done watching all the trailers, it's like time to go to bed. And we're like, well, that was a fucking waste of a date. <laughs> But you need to give me credit, Tasha, because you need to understand that I do haul ass and hustle. And I did, you know, we have been on hikes. We're like, babe, just write the fucking screenplay. I did. I wrote it. I wrote it. And I'm like, I'm sliding into actors and like producers DMs to get this thing sold. So like, you need to understand that that's like next level shit. That's not just like talk your talk. I'm walking my walk. I'm doing, I'm, I'm driving an hour and a half to go fucking tell jokes to come back. I flew to Portland, took a loss to tell some jokes to try to get some footage to get the Instagram going so I can get a new follower too. I mean, it's out there. My publicity stunt idea that I'm going to do for this podcast is fucking batshit crazy. It's the dumbest thing in the world, guys. It's ridiculous, but I'm going to double my uh, subscriber following in one day. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to live stream it. I'm going to do some shit. Uh, it's legal. It's just very desperate what I'm about to do. I'm not going to be hooking myself, um, but if I could get some new subscribers, I might. Anyway, I don't want to make this self-indulgent, <laughs> my podcast, um, our podcast, honey. So what's next? What? How do we get the weight off our fucking shoulders here? It's crushing me. Well, that's it. That's it? Yeah. That's the only... I don't even know. So what's... what? But what's the opposite of the smart way to do it? Uh, the unsmart way to do it? Hold on a second. What do you mean the opposite? I don't know. Like what? So so what is what is my, what in my life is is a bad like like the weight? Okay, so just use me for an example. The weight on my shoulder is like that. I'm running this race, and everyone who gets into the race just starts running faster than me. Right? That's the idea. That's the idea that you just can't catch up. You can't catch your own success. You know, and uh, it sounds like a super, like I'm a super insecure child about it, but like, that's just the idea that like you, you try to put in X amount of time, seven, eight, nine years, and then somebody who's done it for less time comes in and they just take off. It happens with the podcast. It happens with stand-up. But that doesn't even look like, you know, expectations. That looks like you're looking at other people. Why are you staying in your lane? Because it's like you know where your lane is based on where other people are. So when you see other your friends get success, and you know, and this happens, this isn't like a rare feeling. There's so many people that will start on an improv troupe, and half the improv troupe gets auditions for SNL, and three people get on it. Well, that guy's Jason Sudeikis, and now he's, you know, you know what I mean. Like people take off in different ways. There's there's people like that. We I did the show with Sunday Night that are friends with Zach Galifianakis. Is that guy? killing it like Zach Galifianakis no it's just that's just the way it is we all yeah, kind of launch okay, off well but if sure but I guess that's part of letting go of your expectations is that sometimes life unfolds in a way that is unexpected to you you know you if you set out this clear path of how your life is supposed to go and these specific milestones at this specific time then you're potentially missing out on what might be some little like side paths you know what i mean like little branches off on the hike yeah i mean i would say for me 
I never like I never got into stand up so I could get into podcasting. Podcasting just kind of fell into me when it wasn't like a big uh, a big thing. But what if what if your life's purpose, your uh, what do they call it? Not karma, but like your predestiny was to be like a podcast host. But you were so f- focused on producing screenplays and um, yeah, and doing comedy that like you you were shutting down the podcasting thing. I mean, in the, in that particular sense, you've been open to other possibilities, right? We call it following the breadcrumbs sometimes. But like, okay, so there's an My example in this chapter. Um, Petra, I think, was talking to her sister <clears throat> when she was writing the book about um, expectations. And her sister said, well, every time we go on vacation, you need it to be so perfect that like, you want it to be the perfect hotel. You want it to be the perfect hotel room. You want us to have dinner at all the best places. You want to fill our time with activities. And so you're so caught up in making sure that like all of this stuff that we're doing all of the perfect things at all of the perfect places that you're missing out on just fun moments where we're like sitting down and having a glass of wine and just being together. And that's part of having the weight on your shoulders is that you don't, you don't appreciate the life that you have because you're weighed down by the, the fear, false evidence appearing real, like they say, right? The fear of what is to come, the fear of the outcome. Like, like uh, one of the notes here was manage your own expectations by suspending thoughts about outcomes. That's the hard part with the creative. It's like, don't worry about selling the script, write the script. You know, we get so crippled about, about the outcome that we don't even do. You, you know, you'll get crippled about the idea of like, um, of the performance of a photo that you own uploaded or take the photo as something as simple as like Instagram. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then, and then, and then when you're feeling good about yourself, when you're feeling quote unquote hot, you'll just bang out a photo, post it and it'll perform really well. And I was like, geez, you didn't need a whole fucking photo shoot and a whole like hoop dee to make the perfect thing. You were enough. So it's like having, it's like knowing you're enough and then, and then doing it. And like this said, like anticipation plus action equals inspired productivity. Action inspired. is the- is Dan what I say? What I say? Inspired or something? Anticip- uh, yeah, a really good podcast host. I have a speech impediment. Anticipation plus action equals inspired productivity. Anticipation carries us along the path to our goals. It gives us room to enjoy the journey while at the same time working valiantly to challenge ourselves and reach new heights. Anticipation allows us to stop every now and then to appreciate our efforts, recognize what is working, and also fine-tune the parts of the process that may need recalibration. Yeah, I think she's saying, like, there's nothing wrong with being excited about something. There's nothing wrong with, like, wanting things to go well and and hoping that they will and finding ways to make it the best. But if it if it's sucking joy out of your life, that's when you know it's not a healthy goal anymore. It's not healthy, happy, fun anticipation. It's the weight of like crippling expectations. That, that was my problem when I went to Portland was, and you know, I, I hear Joey Diaz talks about this. He, he, this, his example is like when he shot his Netflix special, he was so mad at how he did. He just felt like he prepared wrong and he was too worried about just like be, becoming unstoppable to a world's audience that he wasn't necessarily himself. When I went up to Portland, I was like, I know I'm, I know I'm doing this to like break even. And I'm just like, I was like, I got to go up there and crush. I got to go up there. And it's like, I'm, I was the host. I was never going to crush. It wasn't going to happen. Do you know what I mean? It just wasn't. Then last weekend I go to San Diego for that Saturday night, whatever show I fucking crush. 
it just didn't matter. You know what I mean? I didn't have, there was no outcome. I could be in the moment. That's what that inspired creativity is like be in the moment. And, and unfortunately when you're, when you have auditions or you've got some big thing coming yeah, up. Yeah. When you feel, when you have in your head that it's like high stakes, boy, that's a recipe for disaster. If you're a dude who needs to get laid. So you're at the bar just sharking around trying to give your three second eye, not blinking at chicks while you talk to them. Like, good luck. It's not inspired. Yeah, creativity. that's why we always tell people make sure you have other stuff going on. That's why we talk about be, not um, being necessarily in like a that you should be dating multiple people. I'm not. I don't want to say that it's not a monogamous relationship, but like in the beginning, you should be dating multiple people because it's a casual thing, and then you don't have. It's not like uh, high stakes when you meet someone new and you scare them away with your neediness. Did you read the thing about how to take the deep breaths? Oh no, that was on my phone. Let me read this and we'll get out of here. Um, there was I, I saw I saw a way to to physically change because this is what's important, guys. You want to you want to put the work in. You don't just have to think thoughts. Sometimes you got to train the body, the breath, to kind of overcome these. Carrying the weight of the world on your shoulders. Sit. So if you just feel overwhelmed, like you've got too much pressure and you can just feel that pressure kind of suffocating you, sit or stand tall and tune into your breath. On an inhalation, lift your shoulders up toward your... All right, Tasha, you going to do it? Mm-hmm. On an inhalation, lift your shoulders up towards your ears. As you exhale, drop them down. Repeat three to five times, synchronizing your movement with your breath. Keep well, and you know what this does? It gets your mind off of whatever you're ruminating on and onto the simple action of picking up your shoulders and dropping your shoulders with your breath. Yeah, you're treating your your breath as just like as like an ocean tide going in and out. And you do it three to five times, synchronizing your movement with your and breath. And that's meditation and mindfulness too. Keep your arms as relaxed as possible so they simply go along for the ride. That's something ever, we can always do. If you're ruminating in the car, what, when you got off the phone with me when you were ruminating, what did you do? Just call somebody else and ruminate some more? No. What'd you do? I don't know. You just burned it off? Yeah, I mean, I just kind of had to. Because doesn't it, I mean, you know you can burn it off the slow way or the fast way. Like we like. Trust me, I wanted to burn it <laughs> off as fast as possible. No one wants to feel pissed off and shitty. You sound like such an ass. Trust me, mm-hmm. I didn't want to have to call you and yell at you because it was windy on your end of the phone. Trust me, that's I not. I kept telling you to let me go, and you kept calling me back because and <laughs> bugging me with this. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. Did you hear what I had to say? <laughs> then I walk into a Starbucks. It's like. <laughs> it sounded no I, different when you I were in Starbucks. I know what you wanted to do, but you weren't consciously trying to do that. You were still mad at me and you have to understand on my no, end. Then you started talking about something else. You, you brought it up. Yeah, but on my end, I don't want to. You, on my end, I know I have to make this feeling good between us. Even if I, even if I'm not the cause of your ruminating and your anger, I feel that way. So I want to make sure you're okay. But I can't say, "Hey, babe, just breathe in and breathe out and let your shoulder." You'll be like, "Go fuck your shoulders, bitch!" Like you would not. You can. It's when you're in the moment when you're ruminating in that anger, you can't just feel it. But you have to know whether it's by writing an index card or something. You need a reminder, Tasha, and we all do, to take those deep breaths in and out. I have to do it when I'm about to go on stage because you got to go on stage in a good mindset you can't go on stage thinking you're gonna bomb you might 
I had to go on stage Sunday night and follow the fucking guitar comic. Who yeah, was just on, after we were running late, I knew you would be stressed out about it. Well, of course. And what am I going to do? The guy does a headlining set. He came up to me as I was walking to the stage. And he was like, sorry, man. I told him to like stick around. And I was like, don't, first of all, don't apologize that like I can hold my own. But also like... Uh, did I eat a hot bag of dicks? It was warm. I did not have a good set. But yeah, also... It was, it was a a pretty... Uh, he leveled the room. It was a pretty... Um, Babe. Mm, what's the word? Tepid? <laughs> no, I was going to say like... Uh, Go musty bag of dicks. It was like um, it was like a warm, swampy. Fungal. It was like there a was fun- southern summer afternoon. It was a humid bag of dicks. The guy goes on stage <laughs> with his acoustic guitar and his pitch perfect voice, and he tells simple, slow moving jokes. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not hating on his bit. Uh, you know, come on the podcast. He's very talented uh, by all means. Yeah, he was but really like good. my job after that is to sift through the rubble and try to get through my time. So the next comic can go on stage and, and do better than me. I mean, let's be honest. I'm not trying to make excuses. Yes, I could just be a better comic, but the dude fucking changed the energy of the room. And you don't go to a musical act and then go back to a guy holding a microphone with like, you know, belly fat. You don't go to there. The audience hated me. The chick called me problematic. I could, I could barely get through my fucking time. <laughs> fucking chick called me problematic. That joke crushed in San Diego 12 hours earlier. Anyway, I got to get going. I have to get out of here. So I'm going to finish up the rest of this episode. Um, I guess I guess we'll just have to pick this up because I have to go to a show. Um, what, what, what else can we mention? I'll do the ad reads after. What else can we mention? I don't know. We'll do it after. How are you feeling about this book? Can we get I through really it a little faster? I really like this book. Yeah, sure. We can get through it faster. Yeah, we um, took a month off. It is really between. resonating with me. Is it going to work? I mean, not just for you, but like, do you do you believe that like we have the do you believe that we have the it power is, to change our mind and thoughts? Yes, I do. I just think it's a long journey. It's it's slow going. It's baby steps. But I do think that with like some mindfulness and some practice, we can change our outlook, which is going to make us overall happier, healthier, more productive people. People, write in sexactuallypodcast at gmail.com. Let us know if you're doing the perfection detox with us. Let us know if you have any tricks for getting the weight off your shoulders. In today's world, it's 2019. The world's a fucking chaotic place. We're, we're nonstop comparing ourselves to everyone else's highlight reels, and we're doing it while we're sitting on the shitter when we're feeling like garbage. You know what I mean? We're not comparing ourselves to others when we're having the time of our lives. We're doing it when we're not happy. So we just like, let's check in with social media and see what Stephanie's up to. Fuck Stephanie. Live your life. Detox. Who needs to be perfect? We're all pieces of shit. We're all a 4.8 star rated podcast. Write in, leave us a review, and of course, the Patreon folks. We appreciate you guys for joining. Patreon.com slash the SAP. Patreon.com slash T-H-E-S-A-P. We're going to continue this, but we're going to pause for right now. We'll, we'll, we'll get back in a second. Do you, do, do you have anything else you wanted to say? Mm-hmm. Besides tell me I had a musty pair of dicks before I got to go do drive an hour and a half to no, go do stand up in front of nine people in a I'm dance sure it'll studio? I'm sure very dry dicks tonight. Oh, great. <laughs> Dehumidified dicks. That's the episode. Well, that's not the episode. We'll get back. I, do you, I hope you can at least appreciate that I knew I was going into a war zone and I did yeah. it with brass balls. You think I wanted to go up there and have to follow that guy? You think I knew I was going to eat a bag of dicks? I knew I was going to eat a bag of dicks. You're fine. And I still had to go up there and do it. There's something to be said about someone who knows about who knows they're about to get their ass kicked and they still walk into the fucking valley of the shadow of death, fearing evil, feeling that musky dick to evil and then taking a hot one for 12 straight minutes before the rest of the show does well. I'm just saying. I'm pretty sure there's country song about the Maybe it can be our my life is the, my life today. is the first part of the country song before they get success. All right, we'll be back.
Well, what a journey it's been today. This has been a good one. This has been kind of our little buffet a la carte podcast episode, a couple different bits in there. Uh, if you guys like what you're hearing and you need more, of course, just go to patreon.com slash the sap. Am I, am I promoting this too much? Patreon.com slash T-H-E-S-A-P. A lot of times people wonder like, well, what can I, I can't make a difference. I'm telling you, Every new person we get that subscribes, we appreciate you so much. We send you a handwritten thank you card, a postcard of Tasha and myself, and um, Tasha sends you nude photos. No, that's not true, but well, if she did, just send it, send them a tit photo if they join. You know what I mean? I'll send you a tit photo of myself. Uh, I got them. I got the fun bags. I'm getting old. Uh, don't eat soy. Um, anyway, so we really appreciate you guys that have stepped up and helped us with um, kind of getting the podcast to the next level. And again, if uh, if you're not ready to make that commitment, just write in sexactuallypod.com podcast at gmail.com. Tell us your story about life. Oh, I was going to share, I was going to share this, um, quick, uh, thing that we got in the fuck. Oh, okay. Hold on one second, guys. You've lasted this long. You're going to stick with me. So I wanted to share an email that we got from one of our listeners. Well, we love it when they write in. This is from Lola. She wrote back. She's been sharing her life. Lola's been going through a few things. She's been dating the guy that didn't want to commit. There's a lot going on with Lola. So anyway, I'm going to read this email from Lola. We'll catch up with her and then we'll get out of here. Lola's the best. Lola's one of our favorites. She's been a supporter for a long time. We appreciate you writing in. Here she goes. This is Lola. Hey, y'all. Lola here checking in. First of all, I'm so stoked you got a sponsor. That's so exciting. Moving on up. Um, now listen, y'all know I love the podcast and I love the Patreon episodes, but can we take a minute and acknowledge Jonesy's cartoon level hatred of fat people? <laughs> like he's legit bitter that there are big and tall stores out there and not small and short stores. What's that all about? Some big dude steal his lady at some point in the past? He can go into Gap Kids and find britches for, to fit his little self, whereas a big old cornbread fed dude cannot do that. So cornbread, <laughs> that's so funny. So yeah, they get their own stores. He's so level headed and progressive on so many other topics, but he feels like fat folks are the last group and it's okay to discriminate against. Anyway, I still love the bromance and I still love those joint podcasts. Your chemistry together is fantastic. Side note, I, I got to re-listen to what he said because I don't remember him really fat shaming, but I believe you if you think he did. This was on the Patreon episode. I believe you if you think he did. I want to read that to Jonesy next time I chat with him and we'll let him defend himself, okay? Because I, yeah, you're right. Jonesy is a really nice, lovable guy. Sometimes I think he has a little bit too much coffee and gets a little ramped up, but yeah, no, these, these, you know, he's not, is he that, sh Jonesy's not that short. He's a couple inches shorter than me, but you know, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, um, maybe a fat guy sat on him once or something. I don't know. He's got some fucking Spider-Man issues. You know what I mean? I don't know why. Why did I say Spider-Man? Oh, Spider-Man. His parents got killed. Spoiler alert. Jonesy, a fat guy, stepped on him. I don't know. Uh, in regards to the great toothpaste lid debate, why don't y'all get toothpaste with a flip flop, flip top lid? Dave, you can surely manage to close that one-handed. Problem solved. You're welcome. Lola, first of all, I don't think I'm the. I don't think I'm the culprit of the toothpaste issue. I think she might forget. So I don't even, I'm going to install a GoPro in the bathroom, which is a bad idea. And, and then we're going to find out uh, what, how great would it be if I caught her on camera being the one who left the toothpaste. I would videotape her reaction watching the footage just to show that she's wrong. That's what relationships are about. Showing each other when they fucked up and then seeing the reaction on their face when they look like they just discovered Santa Claus isn't real. Spoiler. Made a really stupid choice and got into a car with a guy. I, okay, oh, this is the good part. This is, uh, okay, here's Lola. She said she went on some dates. Made a really stupid choice and got into a car with a guy I barely knew and quote unquote went for a drive. And surprise, we ended up at his house. I tell him I should get home and he's like, no, come in for a few and gets out and goes in, leaving me in the car. Well, he lives in the middle of nowhere and I don't have cell service. So I'm like, fuck. So I get out and go in. And of course we ended up hooking up. I honestly mostly slept with him because I was a little scared he'd flip out if he didn't get his way. I kind of 
kind of got that vibe from him. Felt really icky after that date and didn't go out again for a couple weeks. Um, okay, let me address that. Oh, let me read the whole thing and then we'll go back to that. Met this nice fella at the gym. Has kids. Former military. Manners. Sweet. Owns his own house. Good solid career. We have a lot in common, including a shared birth date and hit it off really well. Went on a few dates and then he got weird. Said he didn't know if he was really ready to date date. Um what the heck is that even supposed to mean? We haven't even kissed yet. I could tell he wanted to a few times, but always chickened out at the last minute. Okay, whatever fella, you do you. Reconnected with this guy that used to be my favorite fuck buddy that lives in Kentucky. We will call him the fireman because he's a fireman. Aren't I clever? Anyway, he's like six foot four and has the most gorgeous blue eyes and ever... Uh, he has the most gorgeous blue eyes God ever gave a man. I have a weakness for tall, blue-eyed men. Anyway, sex with him was always mind-blowing, but it was never more than sex, ever. I know very little about him and vice versa. We don't stick around and chat after. Uh, we do what we came to do and leave happy. Haha. <laughs> so anyway, uh, anytime I'm in Kentucky, which is often in the summer, I'm seeing him to, catch, to scratch an itch. He's not the kind of man you date, though. This guy can make my body do things I thought impossible. You can't, he's hosing you down, baby. Uh, he's got a hose, a big old hose. Uh, he, can't be, he doesn't need promescent, but he could take some. You can't be in a relationship with a guy like that. Dick that good makes a woman lose her mind. <laughs> Got to keep that separate in its own little box. Then there's Joe. You know, the one I was with for four and a half years and wouldn't call me his girlfriend and was sleeping with half of the state. Well, we have kind of reconnected a little as friends, mostly. Had some car issues and he took me to get a rental. Hung out and ate pizza and watched that, she- that 70s show once. Ran into each other at the movie theater when we were both there to watch the same movie alone. Wow, that's actually kind of a rom-com. You went to the same movie together accidentally. You went to the same movie alone and then ran into each other. And then after that movie, we went back to my place and did the dirty for four solid hours. Holy shit. So now things are weird. I added the holy shit part. Four solid hours. Holy fucking. He won't give me what I need, want in a relationship. So I've only just muddled the waters again to no avail. Muddied the waters again to no avail. Now, I've met this really great guy via online dating. Like, he's super sweet, intelligent, good career, have some mutual acquaintances. I'm secretly a total nerd and love paleontology and ancient humans and cave art and all that. And he has some of the same interests. Then he tells me that he has Asperger's syndrome. Y'all, I can't even make this shit up. This is my life. I'm not going to get into, I'm not going to stop getting to know him though, because he seems like the most genuine and sweet guy that I've encountered in a very long time. It could get complicated though. I guess we will see how that works out. Anyway, there's your update on the life and times of Lola McGee. Oh, and hey, I really dig the positive mantra you did on Instagram. I recently stumbled across that concept when I fell down a YouTube rabbit hole and then boom, y'all mentioned it in a podcast and posted a mantra on IG. The universe is a mystery. Keep on killing it with the podcast. Y'all are going to make this the relationship podcast. I just know it. Lola. Lola, Lola, Lola. Thank you so much for that amazing email. I need a, I need a breath for a second here. Um... I I love it. I love everything about that. I'm sorry that you had sex with the guy that stranded you at his house. I'm sure there's a term for that. Like it's, I'm sure that's like a, some sort of uh, manipulating the situation that he did there. Um, and you kind of felt, I, I feel like this happens a lot where people have sex because they kind of don't feel like dealing with the other person throwing a temper tantrum. It ain't healthy. It ain't healthy on his end. You know what I mean? Uh, and I wish you could just say, stand your ground and get out of there. But, you know, in the end, we're all just trying to survive. You did what you thought was best. You're like, ah, oh, fuck, I'll fuck you. And a guy should know, men should know if a chick isn't enthusiastic towards sex that you shouldn't do it with her. It doesn't mean it's rape. It's not, you know what I mean? It's a different level. It's like, 
it's like he kind of cheated the system a little bit to get you to have sex with him. It's manipulatory and it's not going to lead to sex again. You know what I mean? You're not going to always want to go out there and have sex where you feel bad after. And cool that the fireman fucked you. I mean, I don't know. You said a dick that good makes a woman lose her mind. That sounds like a country music song. Dick that good make a woman lose her mind. Gotta keep that separate in its own little box. Spray her down with your fire hose. Okay, uh, you're his hoe. is a fire hose. Uh, that would be a great podcast if you were like a fireman and you interviewed the chicks that you fucked and you called it fire hose. <laughs> H-O-E-S, fire hose. Okay, folks. Um, a burning sensation to interview the fire hose. Um, and they're all gingers. They're just redheads. Okay. Um, anyway, thank you so much for the update on life. Yeah, I like that you're swinging clit. Can we say that? Swinging dick, swinging clit. You're swinging clit. You're out there. You're doing your own thing. Look, and in, in again, mantras. Yeah, it's old school to think of mantras, but you know what I mean? We need to strip, like I said, strip away all the all the noise. You know, get back to that voice inside of us. What is it saying? What's on repeat in your mind? Is it positive stuff? Is it love, 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 love? Or is it, I don't have enough. I'm not doing enough. I don't have enough time. All those things, you know, you need to be in a place of abundance. We need to be in a place of abundance. I need to do it with the podcast. I'm too bad at going, well, what if we just raised ourselves in the charts? I'm fucking happy. We're 34th in the comedy interview section. We are in the front page of iTunes, Apple Podcasts for comedy interview. I'm so happy for that. I'm so happy that the podcast is moving in the right direction and that you guys are emailing and joining the Patreon and all those things. Nothing but love for all of that. Thank you. We got a full, the next month, we got some awesome guests lined up. We just like to mix it up. Sometimes we have, you know, guests on. Sometimes it's solo. It's interview. It's a little bit of everything. So I hope you guys enjoy what we're doing. I thank you guys so much for listening this far. I appreciate you guys. Again, if you want to, share us with your friends on Instagram. If you do leave a review on the Apple Podcast app, let us know. Let us check it out. We'll send you a postcard. Thanks again. Everybody have a great week.